Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Audio is growing crazy fast, right? On a huge base, which is kind of the exciting part of it. Obviously, I'm a little biased. <laughs> but, you know, broadcast radio is still reaching 9 out of 10 Americans because yeah. it's live and it's right. human and it's unscripted. And it's not just a place to hear music. It's a place to actually have a conversation and not be alone. To thrive in a rapidly evolving landscape, brands must move at an ever-increasing pace. I'm Matt Britton, founder and CEO of Suzy. Join me and key industry leaders as we dive deep into the shifting consumer trends within their industry, why it matters now, and how you can keep up. Welcome to the Speed of Culture. Up today, we're going to be speaking with the Chief Marketing Officer of iHeartMedia, a dear friend of mine, Gail Troberman. Gail, thanks so much for joining today. Ah, it's great to be here, man. Yeah, it's great to be here at the shiny iHeartMedia podcast studio. It's if you've never been to iHeart's office, it's just really just an incredible sight in terms of how they built this out. And that really is a great reflection of the iHeart brand. Uh, we're going to quickly start by getting to know a little bit about you, Gail. You were chief creative officer at Microsoft from 1996 to 2012, where we were closely together. And then you moved on to become chief marketing ideas officer at IPG Media Brands. And then finally, for the last seven years, you've been here at iHeartMedia's chief marketing officer. So tell us a little bit about your career journey and kind of the ups and downs through that. Sure. I always answer this question with, you know, some people, I think particularly younger generations today are all about planning, right? You have career plans, you have these visions, you, you know, you're going to do this to get there to do this. I've always been of the stumble, stumble well, follow great people and what interests you. And bizarrely, that's how I, I kind of landed. Uh, I landed in advertising because I loved all of the TV shows about it. I thought it was fascinating, you know, Bewitched to Mad Men to... Yeah. Uh, back in the day, 30-something, and looked like a cool creative field. I had to check a box on college apps. I was like, oh, yeah, advertising. That right. sounds fun, right? And that kind of landed me in that major. 
you know, I, was in, uh, I started in the ad business in New York. Then we did a pitch. was wasn't my finest work, but um, I guess we were smart enough to not win the Microsoft business way back when in the PR days. And I met uh, Mitch Matthews and and a couple other people from Microsoft through that. And then you know, in the in the early Microsoft years, they stayed in touch and yep. they convinced me to take a big leap. Right, which was I had barely been on the internet and I was moving to Seattle where I'd been once to work on the internet and figure out initial marketing campaigns for all the internet startups at Microsoft, which and, was and crazy fun. I'm sure. And I, I was kind of with you through some <laughs> of those trials and tribulations. I read recently that Microsoft is one of only one of the top 20 companies most valued in the world that still is one of the top 20 today from two decades ago. Yeah. So given what you've experience at Microsoft, what about that organization has, have given them such staying power? Yeah, you know, um, the Microsoft culture, you know, particularly, you know, I'm obviously been been gone for a little bit of time, but it was just such a an amazing culture of make big, bold bets, resource them, and, you know, measure them, be willing to walk away from the ones that aren't working or don't pay off. But, you know, so much of, you know, I think in this moment of the great resignation and people changing jobs, one of the big secret secret sauces at Microsoft, and I'm sure you experienced the good and bad of this, was they just, you know, the company hired crazy smart passionate people who were driven at all costs. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't an easy culture by any means. You know, it could be brutal on any given day because everyone was so passionate and really wanted to win. Especially during the Balmer era, right? Yeah. Because things had changed. Yeah, in the early Bill era, you know, and it was a culture where you could, you know, you passionately fought for what you believed and the people who got to decide, decided. And you made the bet and you all locked arms and played it through and, and, you know, you measured aggressively and learned. But it was a culture of, you know, hiring really great people and empowering them. Right. And I, you know, I think those are core principles. You know, I know I worked for, um, with Satya very closely for a minute uh, in one of my errors there. And, you know, and and he very much is of that, you know, Microsoft culture. It may be a little, a little probably kinder and gentler than right. perhaps right. it was back in the day. Yeah. But it's still about crazy, smart, passionate people, resource them, empower them, and then hold them accountable. And have clear and distinct goals. I think Microsoft's been so laser focused on their core business lines when they veered off, whether it's like with the Zune, remember that, or (laughs) so many products that just like didn't, Windows Phone, they didn't really hit. They weren't afraid to shut it down and keep moving. Yeah, even as much money as it was invested in some of those, right? Right. And they're really hard business decisions, right? It's always hard for all of us sometimes to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And then you moved over to IPG. And (laughs) frankly, I don't really remember your time at IPG. How long were you there for? And what was it like? Why? I was a brief. Like, what was it sure. like being on the agency side of things? Because that's yeah. It, well, it was. I think it was kind of the the best worst job offer ever, right? It was um, Matt Seiler, you know, who I love, called me, and we had just switched agencies, so we had basically just fired them and hired uh, publicists, yeah. and. I had just resigned. I just left Microsoft. It was a regime change. It was time. Sure. And I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And and Matt called me and he's like, hey, we've got this media pitch. He's like, you just let us go. He's like, we really aren't set up well for this. He's like, we're probably five of five in the race right now. He's like, what if you came and consulted and ran this giant global media pitch for us and did everything you would have bought? 
And he's like, I'll get out of your way. We'll give you the resources. Like, come reimagine and how did that it. work out? And I was like, that's kind of crazy. And, uh, you know, there's a great story with it. My next door neighbor at the time was Ben Gibbard from Death Cab for Cutie. And he had just had a big breakup with, with Zoe, Zoe. Deschanel. Yep. And we were both now suddenly home all day. And he was playing like three sad notes on the piano that would ooze into our loft. <laughs> and I was like, I got to get out of here. And so I was like, all right, I'll come consult. And um, and it was really fun being on the other side of a pitch. It was an amazing learning because it looks so easy when you're judging of course. versus what it takes to really restructure and reimagine integrated marketing around the globe, yep. across multiple agencies and an ecosystem. And we did some really good work. You know, IPG won a, won a chunk of that business, not all of it. And so then I we turned it into a real job, but it wasn't quite a clear job. So I think, you know, after a while, I had shaken things up a little bit and realized um, it's easy to judge the agency world. Right. It's very hard to live it. And I it think is, all clients should work yeah. at an agency before they <laughs> sit and so just say, know how much work goes into it. And what's interesting in running an agency for so many years is often you win business, not when pitching the idea that's really best for the client, but the idea that's best for the pitch. Mm. Uh, we call it the pitch candy. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, this idea actually will move their business, but is the end buyer really motivated by long-term business success or do they just want to get in one of the trade publications, right? Yeah. Do they just want to get a promotion? Like is there, and right or wrong, so a lot of the ways how the, the world works. And now you have some people at companies that really do believe in the business, but other people, it's like, am I really passionate about toothpaste or do I actually passionate about being able to get a promotion so I can get a bigger house for my family? And when you weigh those two things, those motivations, sometimes it impacts what you pitch. And it's even, you know, I talk about this a lot in the audio landscape today, right? Because audio, you know, radio is obviously huge, been around for a while. You know, podcasting is relatively new. And now there's, you know, social audio. And, you know, we'll talk about, you know, we're getting into metaverse ideas and things like that. And we've seen it through the years, you know, growing up in early digital, like there's always new shiny stuff. Of course. And I don't even know that it's as conscious for decision makers in the ecosystem system, but our human bias comes into play all the time, right? It's why products like Suzy are important, right? right? To gut check our biases more frequently and faster. Because as humans, like we think the coolest idea, it may not even be as malicious as, now I want to get in the press and I'm, you know, it's honestly like, I think a lot of times it's very hard as decision makers, marketers, whether you're client side or agency or media company, like you want to do the cool stuff. Yeah, You go into marketing, not to, you know, not to crunch numbers, right? Most people go into marketing because it's kind of cool and sexy and creative. And then, you know, you want to do the new next things. And yeah, they matter. But like you said, sometimes it's the tried and true, the most efficient. We have so many clients who rely on broadcast radio because of its scale and efficiency, and it just drives growth. And you can optimize. Predictably, yeah. There's no benchmarking if you're doing something new every single time. Yeah. So the agency ecosystem, in a lot of ways, people who are on the brand side sort of are coded to do those new things, to be innovative. Mm -hmm. When the reality is if you do a campaign, what you should really do is do the campaign again with the learnings that you have from the first time and keep getting better and better or whatever that thing is, and you'll own that thing. Where a lot of times people will do, oh, I'm going to do a podcast that didn't work. Eh, Let's move on to the metaverse. Let's move on to this. And then, you know, because I think, you know, obviously we live in a world of, you know, instant gratification and, you know, big companies that report every quarter. And that's just kind of the world we live in. And that's kind of the balancing act. So, and, you know, speaking of sort of a balancing act in a new world, I mean, now you are here at iHeartMedia, which has been kind of, you know, a company that 
first of all, I've always been fascinated with just because, you know, in starting Mr. Youth, you know, MTV was sort of like the company <laughs> and Bob Pittman started MTV and I was followed his career so much through the years. And then once he came here and kind of created this new conglomerate, iHeart, I really had my eye on it. And then you joined <laughs> and I had, you know, even a greater interest in the company. Tell us a little bit about your journey here at iHeart. Sure. It, it was another one of those great job offers that wasn't a job offer. You know, I love a good challenge. And I had met Bob when I was at IPG mm-hmm. and he called me one day. And I'd, again, I was sort of between things. I was going to take the summer off, chill on the island in the Northwest, figure out my life. You know, someday I'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And um, and he called me and he goes, hey, I, you know, I just start, took over here as CEO at what was then Clear Channel. And he said, you know, I kind of have this crazy idea. I want to float it by you. I'd love to pick your brain. And he's like, you know, I'm thinking thinking like we need to reimagine the company and the brand. And I'm thinking maybe we should change the name of the company and really rebrand from Clear Channel to iHeartMedia. And he's like, we've got the iHeartRadio app and the iHeartRadio brand and it's really catching. And he's like, you know, and he walked me through kind of his initial thinking. And he's like, so he's like, I'll call you at the same time tomorrow. He's like, give me a day of your brain and see what you think about it. And then I called him, did some work. We The next day I talked to him and it was it's kind of what I what I love about iHeart and, you know, Microsoft had become very big and deliberate and, you know, with, with a lot at stake globally yeah. and we'd become slower. And Bob, and, you know, one day he's like, yeah, I thought about that. We debated it. And he's like, I think I'm going to do it. He's like, will you come figure this out for me? He's like, I'm going to get everyone, all of my leadership team in a room on Monday. And this was like a Friday. Right. And he's like, and we're going to go through a list of every decision, every place our brand appears and what we do. Keep it, change it, get rid of it. Wow. And we went through a spreadsheet of thousands and thousands of line items as a leadership team made every decision. Ballpark costs, what is it, the sign on top of the building, the billboard here, the elevators in these offices, every single place the brand appeared, and we made a decision, boom, and we rebranded the company in something like, I think, six weeks. And that that's how brands are made, and right? It was super every fun. detail yeah. matters. They talk about yeah. how people answer the phone or what the business cards, and every little touch point becomes the brand, and you, sometimes you have to get in the weeds. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and knowing you, I know that you like, you know, being strategic, but you also like getting your hands dirty. You like talking Yeah, I like customers. a line job, because yeah. it's where you learn, right? You know, like, you don't want to do it every day, but you got to get in, particularly, I think, when things are new, 100%. right? You got to get in the weeds. You know, one of the, the questions you had asked me was like one of those, big, you know, big learning moments. And when I first took over advertising for the whole company at Microsoft, one of the, like, it, it blew people's minds. And to me, it was the simplest thing in the world was there'd been uh, sort of the agencies of record pitching one big, massive, important B2B campaign for 18 months. They just kept coming in and nothing was landing and they right. go, go back, go back to the drawing board. And we just weren't marketing like right. in a big above the line way. And I just started and it was like my first week. And, you know, we, so they brought in some new agencies and the existing agency. Was that Chris, was that Chris Order? Is that and what the genius was? the existing was? agency stuff was fun. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was kind of like we have to go to Bill gotcha. and Steve okay. and everybody on like right. Tuesday. So I guess we should right. go. And I was like, but there's this genius. But And they're like, oh, but it's not right for us. And they don't get us. And it's too off. And I was like, but we have a whole weekend. And I remember talking to the, you know, Mitch, the CMO at the time. And I was like, well, what if I got in a plane and went and worked with them all weekend? Monday, we'll come back. And if we're there, great. We can bring both ideas. And if we're not there, no harm. We'll go with the 
you know, the, the okay the idea. Right. And I was like, you know, and I'm so glad I did it. You know, it's funny. I'm still great friends with Rose and Ty. Right, and Rose and Ty. Like, you know, yeah. and like, but the thing that I see a lot in my career and a lot of the best moments I've had is we broke down the walls between agency and client. They let me into the workroom. We right. stayed up till midnight, two in the morning. You know, then they'd be like, go away and come back at 8 a.m. and then rip it apart and then give us some time. And we worked together for 72 hours hours. And that's, I mean, that is how, how it should be. How right? it should be. I mean, we talk about a lot the hippo, which is the highest paid person's opinion. And <laughs> my experience is like agency goes behind these walls and they come up with this incredible idea or what they think is incredible. And then they pitch the hippo. And during the meeting, the hippo shows up late. Sometimes they're on their phone, which is to drive me crazy. Right? Oh, yeah. And ultimately it's like your champions, like, I don't know, it matters what the hippo said, whoever that is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times their decision isn't made on data. It could be based on what their daughter told them when they were dropping off at school or a TV show they heard, and that's going to basically jade their opinion in a certain direction, which may or may not be right for the business, but there's no data behind that decision. Exactly. You know, and I think that's the, the challenge we all have with creative ideas, yep. right? That's why creative testing, I think, is so interesting, right? It's, Absolutely. It's such an interesting space. We're doing more and more of it with audio. We're trying to do more and more of it with you guys in audio yeah. because, yeah, I think, you know, just getting a gut check. Like, testing doesn't tell you all the answers, but it, it prevents the disaster. And it, sometimes it helps you find a, a spark of genius you might have missed. Absolutely. I'm often asked, what's the ROI of research? I'm like, well, what's the ROI of a seatbelt? <laughs> right? It only matters if, if you if really it matters. need it. Right. <laughs> yeah. so. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Uh, so we're going to get into our next section called Culture Watch. Uh, as you know, this podcast is called The Speed of Culture, and Susie is a tool that really enables insights and research at the speed of culture. And we're going to ask you a couple questions, one of which you've already answered. So we're going to jump into the next three. In classic Gail Trobeman form, she's making her rules up as we go along, and I can roll with the punches. So I'm going to ask you three questions, and cool. we'll touch upon the one that you just answered as well. And cool. just answer quickly um, in 30 seconds how you feel about this particular topic, and then we'll dive in. Question number one is, what do you think the fastest growing industry will be in the next few years and why? 
Uh, sure. You know, I mean, I think audio is growing crazy fast, right? On a huge base, which is kind of the exciting part of it. Obviously, I'm a little biased. Of course. <laughs> but, you know, broadcast radio is still reaching nine out of 10 Americans because wow. it's live and it's right. human and it's unscripted. And it's not just a place to hear music. It's a place to actually have a conversation and not be alone. Yeah. It's a really bizarre business most people don't understand. So that's why, you know, I think with all, you know, with the world's music in my hand right now, on this phone, you know, we've certainly seen people listen in their cars, they listen on their smart speakers, they listen on their laptops, on their phones, on their watches, on their TVs. But we're seeing listening continues to grow and to more types of content. And I think in this moment where, you know, I think the promise of digital was it was going to unite us all in a kumbaya, lovely, the world is connected. And God, what we're seeing is the opposite, right? It's brought out our worst selves. It's become a place that makes you feel worse, not better. And, you know, I think that's why you're seeing a lot of content that's live and human. Companionship conversation media seems to be growing everywhere. And I think that's why we're seeing this massive new podcast rocket ship grow, right? Podcasting is really similar. It's mostly human and unscripted. The other thing, you know, I think that's fueling audio growth, particularly podcasting growth, is I think, you know, and and you were kind of way ahead of the understanding millennials, right, with Mm -hmm. Mr. Youth back in the day, right? I think we really as marketers missed, and and most content companies misunderstood millennials, right? We kept talking about short attention spans, but we forgot we were talking about the most curious, interested, educated generation in the U.S., connected and educated and interested, right? So we were going, oh, 140 characters. You can only handle 15 seconds of my advertising. And yet they're listening to three-hour podcasts about revisionist history. They're binge-watching 20 shows on Netflix. Exactly, entire seasons of of smart, interesting content. So, you know, that's why I think podcasting has really filled a void, particularly for that millennial audience, right, who are smart and interested and curious. So I think we're going to see audio growth just continue. And and wireless headphones, now your ears are connected to the grid. Yep. So think about that. We were consuming most all our content through our eyes, and now our ears are connected. Yep. So it's at, like I mean, extra bandwidth. I mean, people think yeah. AirPods are going to be the future of the smartphone. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a one wearable device that's really taken on in a true utilitarian way. Exactly. For consumers, I mean, I forget they're in my ears. I wear them the entire day, and it creates yeah. such utility I never thought, and it's all based on audio. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's why, you know, I think audio is is destined for continued growth and sustainability. But most marketers don't understand much about it. So that's the opportunity. What do you think will be the fastest growing product uh, or product category in the next few years? Yeah, I think the obvious answer of the week has to be metaverse. But what that means, I think it's, you know, it's like saying internet back in the, you know, mid 90s. What exactly does that mean? I think we're all in a learning phase. At iHeart, we've made some announcements. Um, We're going to take a lot of the success we've had in our events business. So we do, you know, hundreds of events from, you know, the big jingle balls to small local events, music events, concerts. And we're going to start bringing events into the metaverse so we can connect fans and artists and uh, brands in some new ways. And we're going to start learning. So we're going to go where consumers are. We've announced we're going to go into Roblox. We'll be creating iHeartLands where um, now we can bring, you know, without all the physical world costs, right, Right. of what it costs to put on a giant festival or a live event in the real world, I think we can do even more interactive and more engaging opportunities that bring the fan closer and closer to the artist. 
and the community and around the, the community. Artists. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, exactly. And I know we were talking just before this interview just about, and, and this was your answer for the fast growing consumer trend. You talked about basically the connection of real world and digital. And yes. I, I was talking to Rich Kleiman, another person we interviewed for the podcast who runs 35 Venture and Kevin Durant's uh, business partner. And he said the same thing. He mm-hmm. basically said, you know, and you guys both share that you guys play in the entertainment world, him more in the mm-hmm. sports, although he does in music and you in music. And there's this notion of being able to go to a physical event, being able to experience in the metaverse or digitally, being able to buy tokens that kind of get you access to both. Both, that mm-hmm. there's something there that's going to be unlocked, that's going to be transformational. And the question is, when's it going to come out? What is it going to be? How is it going to be adopted, et cetera? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, I mean, creatively, it's just, you know, in the virtual world, like, who knows? Uh, you know, I think everything's possible. I think blockchain commerce is going to be real. But, you know, and I think we're learning fast on the NFT space. That's the other place we've been dabbling. Yeah. You know? So when you go to an iHeart event, you know, you want to engage with the event. And, you know, a simple thing like a QR code, who would have thought QR codes would, be, would become so important? Well, the pandemic, really right? But they're that, so right? accessible. Yeah, now that we know how to grab menus. menus Right. Right. We were shocked. We did our first sort of uh, QR code, leven, lev, uh, sort of virtual upgrades, rewards, experience, loyalty program at the iHeartRadio Music Festival last fall. And, you know, at the daytime stage where all the like hottest pop stars who are just breaking sure. are there and it's tons and tons of teens. I was shocked, right? People entered, they walked through like a QR canyon, they did all their step and repeat pictures on their way into the venue. And about two thirds of the attendees grabbed the code to enter to win upgrades, to get free stuff from brands, to get a meet and greet with one of the artists. So all of a sudden, you know, what used to be like somebody on a mic trying to scream from the stage into a loud arena and crowd, now everybody can engage and participate in that show and that experience. We have a two-way communication going now at scale with a simple thing like a QR code. And that is such a sea change from when we were growing up, it's like, if you, whatever you want to hear, you either have to buy the cassette tape for $20 and beg your parents for it, <laughs> or it's what, whatever Clear Channel or whatever it was called before that was playing on heavy rotation. Yeah. And and that was it. Like, you didn't really have the choice at all. And now it's the complete opposite, right? And there's just limitless choice. And within that limitless choice, you have communities where you feel comfortable. And you feel, this artist represents who I am. Exactly. And if you can they're layer- They're tribes, right? Yeah, they're tribes, right? Yeah. And if you can layer- And podcasts, I would argue, is another, you know, mm-hmm. point of- that. And I think if you can layer on top some type of currency, mm-hmm. you know, currency, community, content, accessibility all together, then you have people that basically are getting such value in an area where they feel connected in this world that's become increasingly polarized. It's so true. Like that, you know, when we do so much work with the artists, their fan armies are insane. I know. And, right. and you're right when you say podcasting, because like a super fan of stuff you should know, right? They listen to every episode over and over again. They subscribe, they follow, they show up at live events, right? The podcasters are becoming the rock stars building these new communities of listeners. It's and, so true. And it's so different than like, you know, those of us who might be like watch a, a movie or a, a TV series, like there is something about the the connectedness of these like audio tribes and they want more, right? They're like rabid. And so that's where things in the virtual world, right, become so exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. I was in Las Vegas for a Philadelphia Eagles game and I li- I'm a huge <laughs> fan. And I was, I listened to this podcast that a couple of guys do about the team. And I was with my friends in Las Vegas and 
I like all of a sudden got starstruck for, with this random <laughs> middle-aged dude and yep. I like ran away from my friends are like who is that I'm like oh he's the host of my favorite Eagles podcast yep. and they were making fun of me right but <laughs> no, you know because so you true. think I was running towards like Michael Jordan but you feel like you know those people oh, right 100%. like a lot of our um our broadcast radio personalities too they always say it like you know people ask Ryan Seacrest all the time like dude like you know you're on Idol and you got your own morning show and why do you get up every morning and do three hours of live radio like it's a hard gig right. and he's always like because those fans keep me real. Yeah. So they're like, you know, I'll be, he'll be standing with Katy Perry and people will come up trembling like, Katy, can I get a picture? And they'll be like, oh, Ryan, would you take it? How's that cold you had? Right. Right. And they feel like they know these people. It's like the intimacy is right? so different in audio, I think, than the artifice of, of sort of screens and video. Yeah. yeah. I want to wrap with one point that you sure. were talking about earlier in terms of, so you flew to New York to meet with Ty and Rosemary, who are two great <laughs> creatives yes. um, who are at JWT and then went to go found their own agency. And you, there's something about this idea that you loved, right? Mm -hmm. And there was a safe idea. And ultimately, like in our industry, everyone throws around the word insights, right? Yes. Insight this, insight that. <laughs> but to me, you know, an insight is something that like, to me, the most insightful person ever is Jerry Seinfeld, right? You, look at, <laughs> you watch all of his shows and the, the humor was from that, whatever that one funny insight was. Or, it's right, so people true. Quiet on it was elevator. an observation, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's an insight that hits with people. It strikes a chord inside them and makes you really want to open your eyes to whatever story they're trying to tell. What, is that why you thought it was special? Exactly. And they, you know, they, we we did end up working with JWT on that campaign and we ended up winning a Can Lion for that campaign. It was a B2B campaign. And the insight was really simple. The world was changing because of technology. And all of the different siloed divisions of a company were finally going to have to work together, right? And this is going back, you know, whatever, 10, 12 right. years ago, right? But the marketing and IT, right? And, down the yeah, and the CEO and HR, and all of a sudden, technology was bringing these people together to force them to make decisions, to plan, to communicate. And, and the, that was the insight. Like, we have to break down these these walls. And the campaign was called Because It's Everybody's Business. Yeah, I right? remember that. And when everyone is a stakeholder, you think about things really differently, right? And it was a genius campaign. It was also beautifully done, but it was really hearing from those different sides of the business. And those were conversations that weren't happening. Right. They were very, very siloed. And right. we kind of gave voice to them at the scale of national media yeah. in a really unique way. And often, you know, to wrap this, like often the insight, a great insight flies in the face of a shiny object. So right? true. Like, yeah. So like the idea is not the medium. The idea is the insight yeah. and what you build on it. And then it could be- Don't executed. buy the thing, right. right? Have an insight, understand something about your customers, right. and then figure out which things deliver on right. that insight, right? But yeah. And that's hard work. That, it is. Uh, anything it that's is. hard work, people will skip over to the fun stuff. Yeah. It's just that's how they are, and and that's why I think you see a lot of not great work out there, companies that don't know how to continue to build their brand, et cetera. Um, you know, it's definitely an opportunity. So this has been amazing. Uh, we covered a lot of ground. One final question I have for you is, you know, in a fast-paced world and you're going East Coast, West Coast and running around with iHeart, what do you feel is worth slowing down for for you? What's What slows Gail <laughs> Troberman down? What slows me down? Age. Um, <laughs> 
Um, other than that, you know, I think one of the things, you know, COVID was such a learning moment for all of us yeah. as humans, right? And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I got back into was just, I think, some of the amazing content that's out there. Yep. So, like, you know, you were talking about the ability to just slow down and actually watch a f- great film. Yeah. Right? Actually pay attention and watch, not multitask, but actually stop yep. and consume really quality content. So that's something I, you know, I want to keep doing. And and similar on the life side, like, you know, I think, you know, we say we all missed human contact and connection. Like, I think what we really, like, at least in our lives, what we missed so much wasn't like all the travel and the giant events and stuff. They're fun. But like what I missed was just like a few friends and a great meal and yeah. that conversation. And we're really trying to keep that and bring that back. Just, yeah. Right. Just people you love at a dinner table, having a meal and a conversation Absolutely. and making time for that. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's the most important thing. So to wrap things, in our last episode with Rich Kleiman, partner and co-founder of 35 Ventures, we talked about how brands should partner with influencers to create content. And Rich wanted to know if consumers thought that influencers should be more like rent an ambassador for a brand or if they should be kind of there for the long term. Because mm. what we find a lot is that brands kind of stick to influencers for a short period of time and go on to the next thing. And they don't really mm-hmm. be connected the same way that maybe Michael Jordan was connected to Nike. And, mm-hmm. you know, so... But what we actually found is that some consumers actually thought about a quarter, thought that influencers should stick with brands for a short period of time, and others should be for the long period. So kind of indifferent there, but that was a great question, uh, Rich. But while we have you, Gail, Mm -hmm. what is one question you want to ask consumers on the Suzy platform about anything that we touched upon today? I'm obviously passionately curious about all things audio. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to learn more from consumers about, you know, and I have kind of my theories and certainly a bunch of our own research, but I'd love to hear more from consumers about why they listen, right? Why they listen and, you know, why they listen to different types of content. Like, I'd love to get to that idea of, do you listen to be connected? Do you listen to not be alone? Right. Right. Are you listening for the content itself, for the ideas? Are you listening to learn, to be entertained? I think it's really interesting to keep understanding why why people connect to audio in a different it's way. So and it impacts our brain differently. So the more insight I get about that, the better we are at iHeart. Yeah, and talking about consumer insights, I mean, since we, Susie has not had an offense since the middle of the pandemic, although we get together as much as we can, but when I'm at home in my home office working and it's completely quiet, I cannot work. Yeah, so it's I need bizarre, to put right? something on <laughs> yeah. just so I, and that gets me in sort of a flow state. So yep. I think for me, for some people, audio is distracting. If they're multitasking, for me, it kind of turns my engine on. Yeah, it's like kind of what's the role of audio in your life, right? Right, Like, you know. Well, we will definitely dig in. Well, Gail, this is, as expected, this has been amazing. So I just want to thank you again. Also, thank you for being a huge part of Susie's journey and success, being a member of our board of directors since really the beginning. And it's been uh, incredible to work alongside you and we wouldn't be where we are today without you. So thank you for that. Awesome. And uh, this should be great. I'm really excited for our audience to hear this. So on behalf of me, the entire uh, team at Susie and Adweek, I just want to thank everyone for joining. Until next time, we'll see you on on the Speed of Culture podcast. Take care, everyone. The Speed of Culture is brought to you by Suzy as part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Agast Creator Network. You can listen and subscribe to all Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcast. To find out more about Suzy, head to suzy.com. And make sure to search for The Speed of Culture in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click follow so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Suzy, thanks for listening.
Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today, we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.